me lose my patience, you need to start listening. You know, it's just like you're making me lose my patience here, this kind of thing. And I guess his immediate response was to go off into the corner and to fold his hands just like this and to say, dear Jesus, please give mama more patience, <laughs> you know. And then apparently he opens his eyes and is like, hey, mama, feel any different? <laughs> you know, and it's just like, ah, you're either extremely smart or manipulative. I don't know, you know, it's just very strategic. It's just, or not manipulative, strategic, strategic. Um, but I, I, just, I just love kind of that heart and that, that attitude. And, and just uh, really quick, just for like one minute, uh, we want to do this every once in a while. What's an interesting or funny time where you needed patience for something, okay? So talk to the, the person beside you. Talk to the people around you. Talk to someone you haven't talked to yet, this kind of thing. Really quick, what's a funny or interesting time when you needed patience for something, okay? And go. Just 60 seconds. Come on, come on. Make, make it count. Make it count. Make it count. <laughs> okay, okay. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't lose your patience too much. Hopefully that was, you know tough to think about? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe depending on who it was. <laughs> okay, wrap that up in like 10 seconds. Okay, finish your story. Whatever version of it is, wrap it up. We're not. Okay, so today we're not actually talking about patience. We're not talking about patience today, although patience is very important. It is a godly attribute. It is very, very important. He, God is very patient with us. We're actually talking about the other thing in that story. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer, and we, we talk about prayer, and we focus on prayer every single February, because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but every January we talk about kind of where we're going, and then every February we're talking about how we need to pray for that, and we're doing a new series called Wake Up, Wake Up, and I want to talk to you about why prayer matters, about why prayer matters. Pr prayer is one of these things that, uh, you know, you see it in culture all the time, you know, tragedy happens, prayers and thoughts with you, this kind of thing, uh, you see it in movies, you see it, you know, older people doing it, you see little kids doing it, it's, it's this thing that we talk about a lot in society, and sometimes I think the most important things though are, are the most understood, or the most misunderstood things, and I'm, I want to ask that question, why pray, does prayer actually make a difference, and I want to show you why pray ma prayer matters uh, today, because prayer is actually one of the most important things we can do in our life, and I want to, I want to give you an example of why that, that is, and why that is the case. Uh, th this story starts, the scripture I want to read from you starts with a guy named Paul. A lot of our stories are, you know, led by this guy named Paul who, who found Jesus. And, and he basically he's a church leader in, in ancient Rome, in the ancient Roman Empire. And at this time he's actually in jail in the city of Rome. He's in chains. And he writes a letter to his friends uh, in a city called Ephesus. So just across the Adriatic Sea there. Uh, and then the gene, I guess. And he's giving them some advice on life. He's just writing them, giving them some advice on life. And this is what he says at the end of his letter. And, and in my opinion, okay, this is just my opinion, but this passage is one of the most important ones. Like if we could choose only like this and this, like this, because this gives us really good insight onto what's really going on and why prayer matters, okay? Look what he says. He's writing to his friends. He says, finally, in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, 
against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So it's, it's an interesting concept, right? It's an interesting concept. Just, just some things I observed there, just kind of just reading that real quick. If you're reading it for the first time, it kind of shows you some things, right? So uh, first off, there's a, there's a spiritual world that is unseen. And, and we, we talk about this here. We, we, we want to be open about this. I don't think we talk about this enough. But there is a physical world, right? Like, like there's like a, a physical phone and, and we have physical bodies and we're breathing oxygen. You know, like there's, there's physical things that, that and, and I can see these walls and the roof. Like you can see this. But there actually is a spiritual world, at least according to the scriptures. You know, t- take it or leave it. But this is at least to what God says in the scripture. There's a spiritual world that you can't see. And the spiritual world actually can affect the physical world. And the physical world actually can affect the, the, the spiritual world, right? And that, that's kind of what prayer and fasting is about, right? Is, is we do things physically, and that actually changes things spiritually, right? And, and these kind of two worlds, are, they're connected, these realms, these, they're, they're, they're connected, even though one is seen and the other is unseen, right? That, here's the sec- second thing we see in this, in this verse. Um, there is a devil, and there are multiple spiritual beings that are actually scheming against us. And I know this sounds like a sci-fi movie now, right? Like, this sounds like Stranger Things. This sounds like, oh, oh my goodness, like, do we actually believe this? Is this actually real? Yes, we actually believe this. We believe that that's actually happening. And, you know, many people interpret uh, a part in the Old Testament where it describes this angel who was just so beautiful and, and so great that actually turned away from God and, and started doing its own thing. And, and uh, that, that would be what we call the devil. And there was actually other angels that went with this lead angel that turned away from God. And, and we would call these evil spiritual beings, we would call those demons, right? And I don't like talking about this stuff. And I don't think we always should talk about this stuff. We don't need to focus on this. But we do need to acknowledge it, right? That these beings are actually scheming against what God wants. So some examples of scheme, right? Like a, like a scheme. And, and the Greek is actually talking about like uh, almost like deceit and like a crafty sneakiness, you know? Like that, that's what it's referring to. So uh, an example of a scheme that the enemy, and let's call him the enemy, uh, that they're trying to do, they're trying to break up marriages, right? They're trying to get our kids into addiction and going down the wrong road. They're, they're trying to get us to think that we're not good enough. They're, they're trying to convince us that we don't need God. There's, there's temptations that, the, that they're offering. There's, there's, there's that, uh, and here's a classic one where, where we live, you know, uh, that temptation to just want more stuff and to spend our money on stuff that we don't actually need, but we really want it. And we spend so much money to the point where we get really into debt and it's like our life is, is being ruined by, because we have this lifestyle. Like, it, you know, it, these are the kind of schemes that the devil that the enemy is trying to, to pull on us, right? Um, you, you know, these kind of things. I think we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of that. We, need, we don't need to be obsessed with that. We don't need to focus on that too much, but we need to be aware of it. Uh, third thing is, the struggle is never against other people. And, and this, is, this, is, this is so important. This is everything. Because what does God value most? Who does he, what does he care about most? He cares about people. He cares about us. Read the Genesis story when, when everything was being created. It's like creation was made, but humans, it was like, oh my goodness, no humans. Like, this is it. This is made in the image of God. Like human. So our fight is never against people, other people. I mean, people are influenced by evil and by the schemes going on. We need to understand that. But look, the fight that we fight is not a physical one. It's a spiritual one. 
It's a spiritual one. And to be honest, when, when, if you look at history, quote, Christianity, when Christianity had it right and when Christianity had kind of the, uh, almost the embarrassing moments, like, ooh, let's not talk about the Crusades. Ooh, let's not talk about that. Ooh, let, you know what it was? The focus was Christianity switched from this is a spiritual battle to this is like, I'm literally, this is a physical battle. Every time that Christians, that people that believed in God and Jesus kind of thing, all of a sudden turned the fight into a physical fight, that's when we lost our way as a church. It is never physically against someone else. Never. It is always spiritual. God loves people, and we need to love people. And, and it's interesting. Paul's writing this letter. He's locked up in jail from, from the emperor in the, the Roman Empire, and it would have been really easy for him to be like, oh, I know who my enemy is. These people stopping me from starting churches. These people that are locking me up and not letting me share God's good news about people. But he knew it. These people, as they're locking me up, as they're beating me, they're actually not my enemy. There's actually spiritual things behind that, this situation. That's the enemy. That's the fight. It's spiritual. Even though it's invisible, it's, that's, that's the real fight, okay? Uh, and, and just a fourth observation real quick before we get into the meat of it. Um, God actually can give us the ability to stand up to these schemes to stand up to, against these deceitful, crafty plans that the enemy's trying to wrap us up in, right? There's spiritual armor we can put on. There's, there's, uh, and he's not talking about, you know, physical, uh, you know, perfect, I got a helmet on, this kind of thing. It's these, these godly attributes. It's a metaphor, right, that, that we can fight evil with. And, and uh, look what he says in, in verse 13. He says, therefore, so basically, since our fight is spiritual, and there's actually spiritual forces fighting against us and this kind of thing, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand, to stand. And, and he goes on, and we don't have time this week, we're going to do another series on it, we gotta, um, but about the, the, the specific armor, you know, the, the different attributes and, and characteristics that God can actually put inside of us to help fight evil and this kind of thing, but I want to focus not, on, not on, on that part. I want to focus on the next part because the next part is typically the part we skip over in, in church services and, and this kind of thing. But it's absolutely vital. And I was just reading this on my own. You know, it probably was summertime. Um, and I just felt like, I felt like I, I had to write this down for this moment when we talked about prayer, okay? And it's, it's in Ephesians 6. He says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So he kind of wraps up, we need to have this this armor on to keep ourselves safe from the enemy, this kind of thing. But then all of a sudden it kind of goes to, to the offense here and he says, we need to be praying. And then he says this, with this in mind, so as in within, with the fact that there's a spiritual battle going on, with the fact that there's things actually happening that we can't see, he says, be alert. Be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. And he kind of just goes on about how we need to be praying for, and he has some detailed requests that he needs prayer for and this kind of thing. And, and he, he talks about prayer, but I want to look at that phrase, be alert. He's saying, with everything that I've just talked about, with all that in mind, be alert. And the, the Greek word for it is, ag, what is it? Agropneo. Agropneo. And you know what it means? It means to be awake. It means to be awake. It means uh, sleepless. You, you, know, you know those nights when you just cannot sleep and it's like you're trying to turn sleep on? It's like you can't. 
That, that's what it's talking about. It's, it's, it's being watchful. It's being carefully. So, so literally, he, the, you, we could almost use the verse as, with everything in mind, with the fact that there's a spiritual world, and there's a spiritual battle, and there's all this stuff that you can't see what's actually happening, with all that in mind, my challenge for you is to wake up. Wake up. And there's, there's this imagery of, 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 of fighting a battle, right? But then it's funny because it's contrasted with the opposite, with, with, with sleeping. Right now, I, I know this is lame, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it here. Um, just as, as, you know, I, I want you to remember this, okay? So there's this spiritual battle going on, right? And, uh, you know, we're just sleeping. Is that upside down or no? Is someone going to tell me when it's upside down this time? Yeah, I'm looking up. <laughs> but there's this contrast made, right? Paul's saying there's a spiritual battle going on. And some of us are just, we're having a good time. We're just relaxing. We're, we're, we're sleeping. And Paul is suggesting that there's this massive fight, that, like there's fighting going on. And some of us are sleeping, right? We're snoring. Or at least I'm talking about my life. I'm snoring here. And I want to say a few statements. Uh, and my intention isn't to scare you or freak you out, okay? And I know this is ridiculous up here, but my intention isn't to scare you. I th- I, but I believe that God wants to wake some of us up today. And I'm speaking to myself too. A thousand percent I'm speaking to myself. I think God wants to wake us up from the pillow and say, drop the pillow, drop the face mask, wake up. Wake up. Okay, look, did you know there's a spiritual world with the devil and demons, and they're scheming against us as humanity, okay? And, the, and I know it sounds silly, and, and I, I know it, it, we don't talk about it a lot, so it can seem kind of like, whoa, this is weird, but this is what the Scripture says. So are we going with the Scripture, or are we going with the not Scripture, with, without Scripture, okay? And look, these evil spiritual beings are trying to do everything in their power to stop us from being in a relationship with God. Look, they will tempt us. They will try to scare us. They will try to hold us back from our potential. Look, look, look. They will try to make our Sunday mornings tired and frustrating to hold us back from coming to a service like this. They're going to do it in a scheming way where we don't know it's them. And, and that's the goal, right? So it's like this hidden thing. So we don't even realize it. It's like, oh, it, it must be this. It must be this. It's like, well, there's, there actually might be something spiritual going on behind that, actually. To ruin our marriages, to make us doubt our faith, to convince us to stop showing up on a Sunday morning, to convince us not to attend a community group, even though we know we need to be doing these things. But look, look, look. We can't stay there, okay? This is only like we've only begun here. This, this is the key, though. This is the kicker. This is what I really want to emphasize. But did you also know this? The devil and evil spiritual beings, they're created. It's not like, you know, a lot of mythologies are, are like that other religions may have, and this kind of thing is like, in the beginning, there's kind of like the good beans and the bad beans, and what's going to happen. That's not actually how our Genesis story starts, right? Our story starts with God was there in the beginning, and then everything that was created came from him. He was the source of that, okay? So Jesus has full power over everything, including these evil beings, including the devil. Every example in Scripture where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, God as a human being, every time he encountered something demonic and there was some kind of spiritual thing going on, you know what happened 100% of the time? 100% of the time, they came and they kneeled and they bowed before Jesus. Every single time. There was never this, like, you know, Mortal Kombat style, like, okay, let's, let's see what happens here. All right, this will be good. Let's go. You know, and Jesus has the upper hand. That's, that's, it literally wasn't even it. 
It was never even a battle. Jesus would show up and the demons would beg him not to crush them. That's how it went 100% of the time. And look, I want to encourage you, the same authority that Jesus had, you actually have that. You have that. And I know it's surprising sometimes because it's like little old me. Little old me. And, and I think we need to change the terminology of that and, and, and our perspective on that because it's no longer little old me. It's because we know that the spirit of Jesus actually lives inside of us. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, he actually lives inside of us. So that same authority that Jesus had, we can walk in that same authority. Okay, so look, we do not fear the devil. We don't fear demons because we know that Jesus is with us. But look, we, we, we do acknowledge that they're there. And that there's scheming going on. And we need to be wise to that. But we know that Jesus has overcome, right? By Jesus dying on the cross, rising again. And we know that the, the battle's already over. Good won, evil's defeated, but there's still struggle until the end, right? There's still a struggle. And look, our greatest weapon in that struggle, the greatest weapon in that scheming, as Paul says it, is prayer. It's prayer. And, and this, is, this is the point that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make. Unless we know and acknowledge that this stuff is going on, though, we won't act accordingly. And th this is kind of Paul's point, is there's stuff going on, so we need to be praying. But look, the only way we're actually going to be people who pray is if we wake up to the fact that this is actually happening, that this is actually going on. I'll, I'll give you an example. If your gas light is on your car, and it's like low, low, and it's like below E, it's like, oh my goodness, I am aware that I have no gas. I have woken up to the fact that I do not have gas. I better go to a gas station. If your gas light is broken, you don't know. It's like, oh, sweet. I've had like full tank for a while. This is awesome. <laughs> like, you know, that's, 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 it's vital, right, to, to, to know. It, it, it's the same with prayer. If we don't realize that there's spiritual stuff going on, scheming going around, we probably won't feel that need to pray. It's like, oh, this is, this is really struggling in life and this kind of thing. Oh, this kind of thing. Uh, well, it's, I guess that's just what happens, this kind of thing. Oh, well. Or, or maybe, there's, maybe there's something spiritual going on there, and we need to pray into that. And look, I, I'm not saying 100 time of it, 100% of the time that, that's what it is. But look, if we realize that there's a battle going on for our lives and our family's lives, we just might find the urgency to pray. We just might take it seriously enough. And this is my challenge for us as Mountainside Church, okay? Let's wake up. And I'm speaking to myself too. Let's wake up. How Paul said, be alert. Wake up. Let's acknowledge that there's an unseen world. Let's, let's acknowledge that life is spiritual. Choices that we make physically, that actually affects things spiritually, right? And, 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 and sometimes our problem isn't just a physical problem. Sometimes it's spiritual, and spiritual problems need a spiritual solution. How, how many of us have seen it or we, we've been doing it where there's actually something spiritual happening and we've been trying to fight it with physical solutions? And it's like you can, you can throw whatever money you want. You can throw whatever medicine you want. You throw, and I'm not against medicine. I love medicine. But you, we can throw whatever physical solution we want at something. But there's actually something spiritual happening right now. And the only way that fever is going to be lifted, the only way, and I'm being metaphorically there, the only way things are going to change is with a spiritual solution. Now, again, let, let's, let's not be too extreme here, right? Like, I'm not saying everything needs a spiritual solution. Sometimes you just need to go take the cough medicine, <laughs> you know? Wear a coat next time. It's freezing out, you know? Like, it's, you can't blame the devil on everything. You can't blame demons for everything. 
Sometimes you, you just need to start eating healthier, you know? It's like, yeah, you, you get headaches because you sleep four hours a night, you know? Is it, or what is this? Let's just stop being mean people, you know? It's like, I don't know why they don't love me. It's like, because you're mean, you know? It's like you're not making it easy. Like, you can't, you can't blame the devil for that, you know? I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying everything needs a spiritual solution, but I've just, I, all I'm saying is we need the wisdom. We need the discernment to know when it is and when it's not. We, we need to wake up what's really going on, right, to what's really going on. Because um, we don't want to give the devil too much credit. But in the same token, we don't want to pretend he doesn't exist. Because I'm just thinking about my own life, honestly. It's like, how, how often do I just live like it's just, I'm just living my life. Like, n- nothing really is spiritual, nothing really matters here. And how do we know that we've really woken up to that fact, that spiritual things are happening? Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm convicted, look, looking at my own life, it's, it's by looking at how we react. You know what I mean? Like, like what you know will help you re- react, right? I'm, and I'm asking myself the question, if I really believe that there was a battle, spiritual battle, going on for Binbrook, for the people of Binbrook, for the 10,000 people of Binbrook, would I honestly pray as little as I do? And, and I'm just thinking of my own life, like, and, and I, this is my prayer, like, God, wake me up. Wake me up to what's really going on. That's my prayer for this church. God, wake us up as a church to what's really going on, to what really matters, the actual priority we need to have in life. You know, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm thinking of my own life, so focused on social media or watching TV or spending money on things that don't, don't matter. And my prayer is, God, wake me up to the point where I'm spending on money that, that my money on things that are going to help your kingdom. It's like, yeah, that would be nice to have that, but I don't need that. If I spend the money I was going to spend on that, on this, well, the kingdom might actually advance a little more. People might hear about God a little more. I'm, I'm actually woken up to the fact that that matters, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go live that, right? Or same with, with the time we spend in this. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. I feel like I'm ranting here. Look, in the 1930s, uh, Winston Churchill, right? And, and you all know this example. He was trying to warn England, hey, there's kind of a Nazi threat rising up here. Like, there's something going on in Germany that's, we probably need to put this in check. And Winston was awake to it. He knew what was going on, and everyone kind of just was like, oh, Winston, classic Winston, you know, whatever. They didn't do anything about it. They weren't woken up to that fact yet. And obviously, I'm, I'm simplifying things, okay? World War II was much more complicated than what I'm, what I'm giving it credit here. But, but England was focused on other things, right? Um, pe- people had jobs. People had school. They had their Friday night entertainment they did as a family it's, that they pursued. It's kind of like, uh, we're, we don't need to focus on this. Like, we have our own stuff going on. Like, just, it's fine. We have our own stuff going on. We have our own priorities, this kind of thing. But then the army plowed through France, right? And, and France, one of the strongest armies in history up to that point, right, was, it, it was just done. Like, they just came in. And you know what happened? England woke up. England woke up, and all of a sudden, the Allies, they wouldn't really acknowledge that there was a threat and this kind of thing. All of a sudden, they're, they're, the Nazis are at the front door, and it's like, okay, let's actually realign some values here. The things that we think are important, let's actually realign what's, what, what's going on. Look, the things that used to matter, they actually no longer mattered anymore. You know that, that, that university student that was like, yeah, yeah, there's something going on. Well, I've got to focus on my studies. University didn't really matter in that moment. You know what mattered? 
Not being invaded and occupied. That, that's what mattered. Surviving. That entertainment that that family loved doing on Friday nights, honestly, it didn't really matter anymore when the, the top floor of the house was bombed. Like, you know, you know what mattered? The fight that they were in. Okay, and sorry, I don't want to milk this too much, but just imagine you're in, you're in London, the capital of England, and the Battle of Britain's going on. You have planes bombing the city. There's sirens going on. Everyone's going to underground bunkers. Like, you've got, you've got nine other country governments from Europe that have the fleed and have come to London for safety. And it's like, if we lose London, all, all nine of those governments, and plus your own, it's, it's done that. Like, I'm telling you, the life goals, the life priorities, everything changed. Look, they were no longer the same. The way they thought, the, what their actions, that nothing was the same because they woke up to what was happening, right? And, and especially, can you imagine, France, when they actually got occupied. Like, they were actually occupied. Think of how different the reality was. It was no longer about, oh, I'm going to work, hon. I'm going to do this afterward. It's like, no, like, life is totally different. Look, I wonder what our lives would look like. I wonder what my life would look like if we woke up spiritually in that way of, of the weight and the responsibility and the privilege that we have of building God's kingdom in, 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 in Bimberg. I, I, I wonder if the things that we think are important right now, if they would stay important. Like, like again, with, with, with the money thing, how much, where we'd spend our money if we would watch TV this much or go on our phones this much, if, 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 if we would be involved with the drama that sometimes we get caught up in. And it's like, does, it really, what, does this really accomplish anything? There's like important things to do. And we're caught up in drama or gossip. Or like, I wonder if we'd be influenced by those friends anymore. I'm telling you, when we wake up to the fact of what life is really about, what's really going on, we don't stay the same. We change. We change. And like, and like radically. Like some pretty radical Changes. And, and this is actually what you see in the life of Paul, right? Paul was, was going, when Paul found Jesus, he was actually going to destroy the church. He actually was going to arrest a bunch of church leaders and Christians. Because that, that was his priority, that was his value system, right? But he woke up to the fact that, oh my goodness, I'm actually fighting against God by doing this. Everything changed. And it, it was radical, right? And the way that, that, once we wake up, the actions that we do and the way that we fight, is prayer, 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 prayer. And, and look, prayer is a physical thing that we do because we use our bodies to pray. We use our mouths to pray. But look, prayer is also a spiritual activity because we're using our heart, we're using our soul to connect with God, to speak to God, to re- give requests to God. Prayer changes both the physical and the spiritual. But in order to get to that point, we need to wake up. We need to, we need to acknowledge what's, what, what's really at stake you know, what, what's really here. So, and that's the main thing I have for you. It's, it's, God wants us to wake up spiritually. God wants us to wake up spiritually. And if we don't know this, all, we're just going to think whatever we see and whatever we feel, that's just, that's what life is. That's what life's about. But it, it's, it's not. It's not. Of course there's a physical world. Of course it's connected to the spiritual. But, but there's actually unseen things going on. And we need to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention to that. We need to be people who decide we will not be unaware and we will not let the devil carry out his schemes. No, we will not be those people. We're actually going to stand up against the devil's schemes, just like Paul says. He says, no, 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 stand up against it. Hold it back, fight it, advance. The devil's not having his way in my life or your life or in our family's life or here in Bimbrook, in the surrounding area. No, no, no. So uh, just three applications, okay? So maybe you're saying, okay, 
I want to I, I, I wanna pray. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up to this. Yeah, I want to be someone who prays, but how do we learn to do that, right? Because sometimes it's like, come on, just go pray. And it's like, okay, what do I do? This is the first challenge for you. We have deeper prayer nights every single month. Uh, and I encourage you, just try to make it a priority to that. Try to make it a priority to say, I'm going to go to church prayer. It's 7 to 8. It's really laid back. We have some worship songs. We play guitar. We have quick teaching, and then we pray. And it's no pressure prayer. It's not like, all right, let's go in a circle and everyone pray kind of thing. It's literally, hey, if you want to pray out loud, pray out loud. The rest of the room will agree with you. The rest of the room is going to say, yes, amen to that. Yes, what you just said, I like that. God, I want that prayer too. I'm praying with, I'm praying with this person. That's all it is, honestly. And I, and, and I encourage you, we're actually having a deeper prayer night tonight. So from 7 to 8 at Knox Church down the road. Yes, Sarah, question? Pardon? Oh, oh, it's... Oh. <laughs> From five to six. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sarah's amazing. Yep. From five to six tonight. Come on, guys. Take this seriously. Come on. What do you <laughs> But I encourage you, come out to that, okay? At five. At five o'clock, yes. Because then you have dinner afterwards. Your, your kids can still come. Oh, yeah, and thank you with that. We have a room where the kids can go play. Uh, yeah, I, I want to encourage you to come to that, okay? Uh, second thing, uh, we're starting tomorrow. We've been announcing the last couple of weeks, but tomorrow we're starting the 21 days of prayer and fasting experience. Uh, we did this last year as well. We're going to do it every February. And basically for 21 days, we're going to just commit ourselves to prayer a little bit more than, than we do. And it, it, again, this is a great way to learn how to pray. Deeper nights, if you're saying I'm someone that doesn't, like I don't know how to pray, it's, prayer is just speaking to God. But coming to a deeper night, you can hear other people say, oh, okay, this is how they pray. Maybe I can pray. You know, we find our own voice. But, and, and this is another way too. And basically it, it, it's four things. Is, uh, if you want, uh, we're going to go on Instagram, on the app Instagram. And if you need help with this, we can help th- set this up on your phone and this kind of thing. But basically we're going to, uh, at 7 a.m. every weekday, for the next 21 days, we're going to wake up at 7. Uh, we're going to have prayer at 7 again. That, maybe that's early. Maybe that's late. I don't know. But we're just going to pray together through Instagram Live. Okay? And again, it's really, it's, it's really low pressure. It's not like, all right, now this person pray, now this. It's just the person that's logged in on the account prays. And whoever is logging in with, we're just agreeing, saying, yes, I agree with that. Amen to that. Yes, I want that to happen too. Um, so I really want to encourage you to do that. If you need help with that, talk to me afterwards. We'll set you up. Uh, s- second part of that is we're going to choose one meal per week for 21 days, and we're going to give that up, okay? And, and we're going to fast that. And fasting is when we just give something up for God so that we can focus on prayer and focus on Him, okay? So, so for me, it's Wednesdays. Wednesdays at lunch, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that up. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. Uh, the third thing is we're going to choose a favorite food or a favorite drink for the full 21 days and just avoid it and just fast it, just give it up for God. Uh, so maybe that's chocolate for you, maybe that's coffee, I don't know, whatever it is for you, but we're going to find something that, that we like to give up, just to really focus on God. And then the fourth thing is we're going to end it off with a, with a deeper prayer night, okay? So we're kind of starting it tonight, ending it off with the next deeper prayer night. I really challenge you, um, let, be a part of that. We're going we're gonna to do this as a church. Go to mountainside.church slash pray. All the details are there. Uh, and, and just the third the third third uh, way we can learn to pray. If you're here saying, I don't know how to pray, but I'm not sure, but I, I want to. Just, Jesus gives us the, an example, right? The Lord's Prayer. He actually says, like, this is how you can pray. This is how you should pray. And it, it's this, it, Matthew 6. Uh, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. 
And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. See, Jesus is acknowledging there's something spiritual going on. There's actually a battle going on. Lord, rescue us. Keep us safe. So if you're not sure what to pray, honestly, pull out your phone. If you don't even know where to find it, that's fine. Google it, the Lord's Prayer. It will show up. You pray that. I pray that every single day. Every single prayer. Every single day I pray that. And when we pray, God changes things. The devil's schemes are held back. God's kingdom moves forward. And I challenge you, live the life that you were created to live. This is, this is the part of it. This is not the time to be chill. This is not the time to be relaxed. We are at war and we need to act like it. And in and, and, and Binbrook, there's things happening spiritually that, that the enemy wants to stop, right? Can, can I be honest with you? The enemy hates that we started Mountainside Church. Hates it. The enemy hates that we meet every week and he's scheming to end it in whatever way that he can. And he's, he's, he's trying to scheme to get us to stop showing up individually and as our families as well. But look, we, we, we don't give in to that. We actually take a stand against the devil's schemes. That's what we do. And we, and we don't focus on the devil. We focus on Jesus. We focus on Jesus' kingdom, knowing that he's in charge, he's in control. Amen? I'm going I'm to call the band up. We're going to sing one more song. And again, as we sing this song, we're going to focus not on, oh no, there's the devil, there's demons, there's stuff. That's not what our focus is. Our focus is actually Jesus. We love you. We need you. Jesus, we're actually focused on your heart. Because as we're close to Jesus, we know that he is with us. And, and I, I want to share just a story, maybe just build some faith with this too. I remember a couple of years ago being at a church, a local church in, in, in a different city. And there was two leaders in that church. And for whatever reason, they were at odds with each other. And I remember them both talking to me saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to just rip this other person apart. I'm just so, and just not acting as they should, not acting like leaders, remember, leading is serving, right? Just really not with that attitude. And I remember they were meeting up and I was supposed to go and mediate it. I'm like, oh goodness, like this, <laughs> this will be fun. And both leaders kind of had a following behind them of people that were like, this person's right. No, this person, it was just like, oh goodness, this is going to kill the church. Like this is going to divide the church. Like this is not good. And I remember right before that meeting, some of us just felt like, you know what, we just feel like this is kind of like, I don't know, there's something spiritual going on here. This isn't just interpersonal politics and just, like, there's something spiritual. We, we just need to pray against this. We just feel like it's a scheme. We're going to pray against this. And I remember just, just praying into the spiritual and just trying, uh, trying our best just to pray that God would have his way, that anything the devil or the enemy was trying to get their claws into, it's like, no, no, no. In the name of Jesus, that's not what's going to happen. The kingdom's going to advance and just focusing on Jesus. And it was amazing. We, we got to the meeting and like, I, it makes no sense. I was talking to both leaders right before. They both were about to just go at each other. It was not good. And just for whatever reason, it was just like, I don't know, it felt different. And both of them were in tears like, I'm sorry. This kind of, and just broke down. And it was like, oh my goodness. God has done something so special in this moment. And it's almost like, if that would have happened, what would the future of that local church look like? You know, of kind of two sides going at it. It just would have been awful. And it's, it's awful that we, we, we sometimes get to that place. But look, again, you realize in that situation, there was two people that saw each other as the enemy. But remember our struggle, it's not against other people. It's always against spiritual darkness, spiritual forces. So I encourage you, prayer works. Prayer is a weapon. It changes things. And I'm believing for this city, for Bimbrook, Ontario. I'm believing for 
people to get saved, for people's lives to be changed and transformed. In the same way that Paul, he was going, he had a certain value, certain perspective, but he woke up and he's like, oh my goodness. I'm seeing life differently, and I'm, and I'm praying for our church, just, uh, just, just as us locally, that, that we have new values, new values and new perspectives, and, and God wakes us up to what he's doing, and, and to see the kingdom come to Bimbrook like it's never been before in its history. And I believe it. And I, I just want to just speak it in faith and prophesy that the kingdom is coming like it's never come before. But we need to wake up to it first. We need to be people that pray. We need to be people that, that have the urgency to pray, to say, oh my goodness, this actually matters. Like if we come to deeper prayer night and gather together as a church to pray for a city, like that matters. It actually does something. It actually makes a difference. So I encourage you. I encourage you now. Let's, take, let's, let's make this matter, okay? Because it does. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, yeah, I, I need a marriage to be saved. I need, I have this need, or I, I have friends that need to be saved, this kind of thing. And, or, or maybe it says, maybe you're, you're here thinking, my goodness, I'm the one that needs to be saved. I need this. And, and I just want to end with this. If you're new to the idea of God, you don't need to be afraid about what we talked about today. You don't need to get nervous about it. But look, we do need to come into relationship with Jesus. We do need to invite Jesus to come into our life. And I, I want to give you the chance to do that. Jesus is, is God in the flesh, came from heaven to earth. He died for us. And he wants a relationship with us. And because of his death and resurrection, we can actually have that. We can actually have a new start in Jesus. And I just want to acknowledge the supremacy of Jesus, right? So I, I encourage you, if, if you've never made that decision today, you can make that decision today, okay? There's no fancy formula. You just, you just say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I want a relationship with you. And he's got his arms wide open saying, welcome home. Welcome home, of course. And, and for those of us that are kind of, yeah, we've heard this all before. But I, I want to encourage you, keep running. Keep chasing his heart. Don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on the enemy. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on heaven. Focus on what he's doing. And just as we sing that, I have that question for you. Will, will we wake up spiritually? Will we wake up spiritually? And then the second question, will we wake up physically at 7 a.m. tomorrow and pray together as a church? Right? Let's wake up spiritually. Let's wake up physically and pray. Amen? Will we start being people who learn to pray? I think, I think the answer is, yeah. Yeah, we will. We will do that. All right? So let's stand up. And, and Sarah, thanks for leading us so well. Uh, just as we sing, I want us to focus on Jesus. Let's just chase his heart. Let's just, let's just fall more in love with him as we sing this. And I pray that, that he's going to wake us up a little bit more. He's going to teach us a little bit more about who he is and what he's doing. Amen? Let's, let's sing this song. God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed, give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom to know just what to do.
to take a quick seat and I'm going to call up the ushers and we are going to have our time of giving now. There's a couple different ways that you can give if you're interested in doing so through the trays that are going to be passed around. We also, you can do it online um, with the laptop. Also the envelopes right now